and welcome back to Sprinkles of SEL with U2L, a podcast on social and emotional learning, wellness, neuroscience, and healthy habits for educators and anyone in the education space, really. I'm Lauren. And I'm Naratha. And we're the SEL team here at United to Learn. Today's sprinkle of SEL is a continuation from part one last week on the loci of control. We ended up going down a rabbit hole, right, Namratha? A whole <laughs> rabbit hole. We are just very passionate about yeah. this topic, so we can just talk for days on it, but we won't, um, for the sake of the sprinkle of SEL that we're presenting to you today. (laughs) So we split up the content into two episodes. If you listened last week, you'll see it was labeled part one. Um, And now we're ready to share part two with you. All right, let's just dive right into it. Sounds good. If you're struggling with this and you really want to think through how do I begin to navigate perhaps rewiring some pathways in your brain, yay for neuroplasticity, best thing in the world. You can always change. Your brain is always able to be changed. But um, there's a technique uh, called the circle of concern. So I really want you to visualize for a minute with us and help us uh, bring this light to you that you can use on a, it could be a tool. You can do it visually. You can draw it out. If you have paper, scratch paper around you, go ahead, grab it, grab a pen. And I want you to imagine three concentric circles, one inside the other. And let's start with that outermost circle. It'll be your largest one. Um, This is called your circle of concern and things that belong inside of this circle are things you you do not have control of. The weather, other people's actions, war, politics, COVID, you know, things that you don't have control over. (laughs) So take a minute, think about some of those things, jot them down in your circle. Now let's move on to our middle circle. This is your circle of influence. Build this circle with things that you have a moderate level of control over, such as our uh, relationships with other people, like work relationships. You you do play a role in that, how you, you know, navigate the world around some other people. You do have, have some of a role in that, though you can't always predict <laughs> how others will act around you. But if I walk into work and decide to not express some self-control and hit every person on the head on the way to my desk. You're definitely influencing that relationship and you're influencing how they're also going to go about the rest of their day and what they're feeling. Yes. And though I work with the most amazing group of people and I don't think any of them would would retaliate, they would probably really be really concerned that something is, is really off with me, but it has impacted our relationship. Like I, pl- I played a role in that, right? Then you have that innermost circle. This is your circle of control. Things that fall directly in here, you do have control of. So your thoughts, feelings, though I'm a big person that you just embrace the feelings you have um, and maybe you can't control them. Sometimes you feel sad and you maybe don't know why and you don't want to feel sad, but you feel sad. I personally will put that in the circle of influence because there are things that maybe could play a part in that, but 
Not totally. Now my actions, me walking in the office, hitting everybody on the back of the head, bibbity bop on the way to my desk, that I do control. That is absolutely in my circle of control, my actions, your self-care, or some people struggling, the lack thereof, right? You do have control about that. You can, you can get up, you can, you know, take care of your body, your needs, um, and boundaries that we set. That's a big one. Let me say it again. Boundaries that we set a lot of our educators and our collabs and our fellows, there's this topic of, of boundaries and setting boundaries. And so that one can really help you navigate situations you might otherwise feel you have no control over or don't know how to partake in having some sort of control over and setting boundaries. Um, shout out to Cami Orange. <laughs> She's a boundaries coach. And uh, my favorite boundary line that she says, which you have control over saying, if you're in an awkward situation, somebody says something really foul, off, offensive, completely inappropriate. You're like, oh my gosh, I want to say something, but I don't even know what to say. Like that was so, that caught me off guard. Again, I don't have control over that person, but I do have control over what I say. And so a boundary is something we can say. And she, her favorite, my favorite phrase of hers is, hmm, that's an interesting thing to say out loud. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So... Your priorities and your goals also live in there, your own internal um, <clears throat> drive and what what you decide to do, your decisions all live within that particular circle of control. So I think if you notice, there is a shift that occurs between our external to our internal locus of control that's happening throughout this, this model, right? When we're going from that circle of concern and we're moving into the influence and then we're moving in all the way to that circle of control, we are seeing that shift happen. What I really appreciate about that is that this is just something we can do. We've said this before. It's just something we can do to be realistic about the situation that we are in and then help us shift towards that internal locus of control in a way that's still just giving us like a healthy sense of confidence over things that we can do and we can act on despite the real events of of the world that are surrounding us. So going back to our traffic jam example, right? I can look at this and now use this practice just to help orient myself on what's happening. So what's in my circle of control? I can't move any of the cards around me. I'm not strong enough and I don't have the energy to do that. And no matter how hard I honk, they're going to move at the pace that they are feasibly able to themselves. So I'm placing other people's actions, the cars, their speeds around me into this circle of concern, right? These are things that I just have no way of affecting. But now I'm going to shift my energy knowing that to the next two circles, because these are now things that I have influence over and I do have control over. And that's going to be a better use of my energy, both mental and emotional. So what do I have influence over? I have influence over the relationships I actually have with the people around me in this traffic jam. And I don't think we realize that. I feel like when I'm in a traffic jam, I've started shifting my perspective on this. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not in this traffic jam despite all the people around me. I'm I'm here with these people. Like, we're a community now. We're in this together. Yes. (laughs) So I have influence over those relationships because we are in this together. 
and I have influence how their day is also going to go. So if I am yelling at them and I'm going into my whole road rage and I'm flipping them off and I'm honking my horn, I'm exerting my own energy unnecessarily, but I'm also affecting the way that their day is going to end up going. So I can, I mean, and, and, and it's not going to do any good too, right? Because again, the cars are only going to move as fast as they can. So that's my circle of influence. And that finally takes us into our circle of control. What I do have control over is my own thoughts, my own actions. And I think to your point on the emotions too, is I can feel what I'm feeling, but I have control on how I am expressing those emotions, right? And how I choose to handle the situation. So what I've actually begun doing is when I'm in those traffic jams, if I know I ever have like a particularly long day, I'm going to use that time. I know I'm not behind my laptop, but I can make one or two work calls if I need to. I can call somebody back if I need to. And if I also know that maybe I just don't want to put myself in that work mindset just yet, I call a friend and I'll catch up with them because that's also maybe the best time we have to catch up or I'll listen to music or I'll listen to a podcast, preferably this podcast if you can. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. You just, you, you have the control of your perspective of some things. And so sometimes the easy thing is to or maybe not easy, the go-to thing due to the amount of cortisol in your brain, how much stress you're experiencing and other factors. And we are innately negative people, like the science behind that. We'll we'll do an episode on that. I have a whole lot on that. We are innately negative. Um, And so if you're stuck in this negative space of, oh my God, I'm in traffic. All these things are going wrong. Like these people are so rude. Get out of my way. (laughs) No, like that's not going to help you. Take a minute to think about how you're thinking and what you're thinking about. And so the circle, even if it's just a visual that you you keep on a post-it in your desk, just three circles, just forces you to take a moment and kind of level set. Bring myself back. Yes, I'm feeling these things. Yes, they may not be great. And yes, I want to instantly jump to the fact that all these things are happening to me and and maybe even default into a victim mentality due to how stressed you are right now. Um, that's easier to go there than to take a moment to slow down, take a breath, think about your three circles. Where is this problem really? Like really, where is this? And what can you do to mitigate the issue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you have no control over it, if you have no control over the fact your flight got canceled, like, what are you going to do? Yell at a pilot? Does screaming at Southwest Airlines on the phone make you feel better? Make the situation better? Get that plane to just magically appear and not be canceled? No. And you're wasting your time and your energy doing that. Wasting. Yeah. Wasting your time. And it's you're flooding your brain with chemicals that are not going to help you or favor you in any way. So... Instead, focus on what you is in that innermost circle. What do you have the control of? Well, I have a phone. I can contact the people that are expecting me on the flight to arrive, let them know I'm not coming, and then I can come up with an action plan. Is it realistic for me to find another flight? Uh, can I calmly go ask the flight attendant to help me? Like, you know, really thinking through logical next steps instead of being stuck. I almost don't want to say it, but like some people say, like, you're stuck on stupid. You're stuck on something that it doesn't make sense for you to continue to expel energy trying to address because you do not have control over said thing. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. So take a moment and reflect and figure it out. 
Your brain is smarter than you think. Our brains are uh, smart, too smart for their own good. So this is, this circle technique is something we can do for ourselves. But I also would consider you to ask your children or your students to do this, to level set or process the situation that they're in, managing their expectations on what's feasible, what's not, what do they have control over, what's being affected by anxiety irrationally because, you, you know, it's just not even in your locus of control, and how, how to cross and navigate those situations as they arise. So we encourage you to try this out for yourself. Next time you're feeling some sort of um, frustration, uncertainty, an issue has come across your way and think about what power you have in your day and think about what you can do, what's in your locus of control and encourage you to try this out or model this even for your children or your students. Uh, this is a great way for us to practice that emotional regulation in a healthy way and to model that for the young minds because they're still learning the skill. They're still shaping that practice. And it's very impactful if you are intentional about working through some of that with them. So especially as we head into testing season, the kiddos can't control that they have to take the star test, Namratha. Mm-hmm. They can't. They Poor can't. kid. They can't. So when your child comes home crying over and over and over again because she has to take the test, how, can you, how would you help her work through that, Namratha? What would you do? Well, I'd probably help her first realize what she's feeling about it, help her express her thoughts, her emotions on it, and where that's coming from, right? What fears are arising? Name it to tame it. Exactly. Name it to tame it. That's great, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then, and, and it's just taking it step by step from there, right? Once you name it, then you can recognize it. Then you can take the steps that you can to sort of um, calm those fears and then also prepare for that test the best way possible. So there are steps that we can take, but it does start from being able to level set, being able to process and just take a step back and reflect, as Lauren said earlier. Taking it back to our example of me overhearing somebody say, well, they have control over expectations. Think about that, like children taking the star test, for example. Yeah, they have control over their expectations. They ex if they're deciding, well, I'm expecting to get a zero, is that a healthy, productive choice? No, I'm not, I'm not going to cry when I fail because I'm just going to expect to fail. Mm -hmm. The answer is not to lower those expectations. The answer is to prepare yourself to rise to them. All right, listeners, we're back at the time. We're talking about our mindful moments. Um, and I have a cute little one in my book that... I will link again my Year of Mindfulness book. Let me turn to today's date. Today it says, The inability to open up to hope is what blocks trust. And blocked trust is the reason for blighted dreams by Elizabeth Gilbert. So where are you? What kind of blocks do you have up? If you can't feel hope, can you feel trust? How do you need to be more mindful about feeling hopeful and feeling hope to be able to build that trust, to be able to tackle your dreams? I thought that was a good one. What do you think, Namratha? I love that one. I think that one hit very well. Like, I think we all have our blocks, right? And so I'm thinking through, and this probably is diving into my commitment to the week <laughs> a little bit, but for me, I just feel like I have so many random mental blocks 
And I think I just need to take things one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's my commitment is is what I'm going to say. I appreciate that. So your commitment is taking one one thing thing at at a time. time. My commitment for the week arose as I was looking in the mirror the other day. I was realizing how terrible my self-talk is. And then I started hearing it in other spaces where I was having conversations. So I'm trying to be more mindful about my self-talk. I have some great books. We can talk about it in a later episode. But you should always talk to yourself the way in which you would talk to your best friend with that compassion, that care, that grace, that forgiveness, that understanding. Um... And so I'm trying to really work on being more mindful about my internal self-talk. Love that. Treat yourself the way you want to treat other people and you want to be treated basically, right? Totally. 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 By the way, Essie we have an episode coming up about boundaries, a very popular topic. And we would love to extend that episode into a part two to really hear about some problems of practice or problems of life (laughs) that you've experienced that when you reflect, you're like, man, I wish I would have said this, or I wish I would have set a boundary. So we are going to um, survey some educators and some adults about problems that they faced, and we will read them here on the pod, and then we'll go ahead and share a way in which you could set a boundary. So we can all learn together. Um, So if you're one of those people that receives the survey, let us know. If you are not someone who receives the survey, but you're like, man, I really want them to talk about this. Send us an email. Send Send it it in. in. We want to hear it. (laughs) Message us on social media. Um, All the handles are at United to Learn. Our email is sel at united to learn dot org. Knock.com.org. Um, and let us know. Tell us, tell us about your roadblocks so we can begin to unpack those with you and for you on our upcoming episodes of Boundaries, about boundaries. So on that note, before we head out, we need you to know we see you. Educators especially right now, we see you. And we so very much appreciate the work that you're doing you are valued, you are important, you matter, your opinion counts, your feelings are valid, you are not overlooked, you are not forgotten, we love you, you are loved. And last but not least, we'd like to give a shout out to Pitchbend Media for their sound design and music composition. All right, take care Bye, you guys. Bye, Essie Alleys. Bye. <laughs>